passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst for the segment, joined by my co-host and Director of Scouting of 24-7 Sports, Andrew Ivins. We've got a special episode for you here today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl and some of the biggest names in it and take a look back on their high school career and, and maybe how these guys were evaluated coming out of high school. So, Drew, we're going to have to go way back here, but I'm looking forward to this episode. I know you've done somewhat of a deep dive on the Kansas City Chiefs and in, in their roster, but to me, this is always fun. Like, I went back this morning, got to watch a little bit of Patrick Mahomes and his time playing Texas high school football, also a three-sport athlete, a guy that was really dynamic on the gridiron as well, excuse me, not not only the gridiron, but the baseball diamond uh, and the hardwood as well. So a lot of different stories like that. We'll look at some of the biggest names. But, Drew, i got to ask you, you feeling a little bit better than yesterday? I know I am. Uh, big week, baby. Big week. Another another day to get better. Yeah. We can we can leave that one in the – it was like a bad, bad first quarter, right? We come out at halftime and we're re-energized, ready to go. Uh, came out a little flat. That's a good way to put it, right? Came out a little, a little flat. It happens. Little, it happens. Yeah. Wooster boys are listen. And we knew it. We knew we it. Knew was it. Flat. We knew it coming into it. We knew it was going to be a tough day. It's like the second day of a back to back, even though we had an off day before. You know, <laughs> I mean, it just it happens sometimes. Well, it, that's funny because I went to I went to on Monday night. I went to the the Florida Panthers played the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's heated rivalry, right? Both teams had uh, a bunch of time off after the All Star game. And the lightning, I, I turn to turn to someone like two, like I don't know, ten minutes in. I'm like, the lightning just look hungover. Like they're not, they're not functioning. It's sloppy, uh, and they ended up going on to lose seven one. So even you can have an extended break and you could come back and still be flat. It happens to the best of us, you know. And for us, we're just we're just getting warmed up, you know. Middle of the week. This is a bounce back episode for the boys. Um, we got to get this right. All right, so fun- I don't. No, I want to. Oh yeah, bounce back episode. Before before we dive into it, I, I'm cutting you off. You didn't recruit anyone that played in the Super Bowl at any point, did you? I think. Let's see. I got to. I was at Alabama one year in 2014. What year was Hurts? I want to put you on the spot there. Here, yeah, I, you just I, put me on the spot. No, I have them. Have them all pulled up. So he was class of 2016. It was funny. I was in Alabama in 2014, but the majority of our time was spent on really kind of putting the board together for the 2017 class. So the hate was kind of in the barn at that point. But kind of looking back, I mean, on Hertz's recruitment, in terms of where he was ranked, not only by the services, but, you know, Alabama was what I remember about that recruitment specifically, and we're going to talk about him more in a second, is that. Alabama was was high on him for for quite some time. Was that a two quarterback class? I felt like it was. I think so. There was, if if I remember correctly. So we'll do a little bit more research on that. But we're going to start with Patrick Mahomes, right? Where where else can you start here? The Super Bowl uh, and a guy that has taken the NFL 
by storm since he has joined. And Drew, I'm going to just give you a little bit of background and then you can kind of talk more about the player and what you think is fascinating about his high school career and uh, where he is now. So Patrick Mahomes, we'll, we'll start rated rated an 87 three-star by 24-7 sports, number 29 quarterback in the country and the number 82 player in the state of Texas, the number 499 player nationally. So there it is, a little background on Patrick Mahomes. Played his football at White House High School in the state of Texas. The son of Pat Mahomes, his dad, an MLB veteran of 11 years, had a cup of coffee with the Minnesota Twins, Boston Red Sox, New York Mets, Rangers, Cubs, Pirates as well. And then you read into Patrick Mahomes a little bit, his high school career, three-sport athlete, as we alluded to earlier, a guy that was a decorated athlete, not only on the hardwood, but as a baseball player as well. And Drew, I was kind of, I was kind of reading up on, on Mahomes uh, earlier, and there was, gosh, an article I read that he went uh, toe-to-toe with the eventual number 33 pick in the 2014 MLB draft and Mahomes threw a 16 strikeout no hitter <laughs> and you know it just kind of goes to show right the the background ends up playing at Texas Tech he only had a couple other offers outside of Tech it was Rice and Oklahoma State uh, he also got drafted in the 37th round of the MLB draft in 2014 um, a guy that was a pitcher and potentially seen as uh, a right fielder by a lot of MLB organizations. So a decorated athlete, you go back and you look at the tape and you're like, you know, I, I got the opportunity to do that this morning. Man, raw in terms of the arm, but in terms of the playmaking ability, ability to play off schedule, the Mahomes magic that we've seen, you can see it at that level. And then obviously accentuated under Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. So Andrew, I know that's a mouthful, right? But when you look back at the recruitment of Patrick Mahomes, I, I think for me, it's like when I look at these players and where they were in their development, sometimes I just have a, I have a hard time seeing them get, you know, you fast forward almost however many years later. And here you got MVP of the league, already a Super Bowl champion, one of the most decorated athletes in all of the NFL. It's like, man, could we have seen that coming? You know, and that's kind of the way I like to look at look at it with these guys. I don't know if we could have saw it coming, but I think when you go back and dig into what Patrick Mahomes was, he's a guy that you kind of could see that he, he could be something, right? It was like a there was there was definitely a high a high ceiling, but the floor maybe wasn't all that high. Um, and, and it was interesting. I I was reading about just kind of teams constructing NFL rosters and, and Daniel Jeremiah and, and Bucky Brooks were talking about this. And, and the thing they brought up with Patrick Mahomes is NFL organizations need to decide, Hey, do you want to be like a baseline 500 team or, or do you want to be a team that consistently contends for Super Bowls? And sometimes at the quarterback position that comes, comes down to taking a risk, a guy or rolling the dice, um, and pulling the trigger on someone that can get you a little bit more, can, can do the stuff off script, can uh, improvise when needed and, and win games. And I think Patrick Mahomes, when you, when you look back, you saw a little bit of it. Um, I think all that arm strength and the, the arm angles and the off-plane stuff, I think that all stems from the baseball background. He's actually one of two guys on the Chiefs that were also – uh, that were selected by MLB organizations. Blake Bell was also, I think he was a 45th round pick by the uh, Detroit Tigers. So we always talk about multi-sport in our evaluation process. And, and Mahomes has credited the baseball and basketball in terms of his body control and how he's able to move around in the pocket, his internal timer. Um, so that, that's notable to me. He actually did appear in a baseball game for the Red Raiders. You know, we, we continuously talk about Deuce Robinson who's the only unsigned five-star in the class of 30 or class of 2023. Um, you know, I feel like every time I make an appearance on, on the college football recruiting show, they're asking me what I think Deuce Robinson's going to do. Is he going to play baseball or, or football in college? And 
I think me and you, we, we discussed it after signing day. Like we're leaning towards him playing one sport, but I bring that up with Mahomes because Mahomes appeared in one one game. I think it was one inning for the Red Raiders and then was like, I'm just doing football. Um, so that, that's, that's funny as well. But the big thing I think is when you look at the quarterback evaluation of Mahomes is he's a guy that wasn't afraid to, to really taste, take risks. And I think when you're looking at these younger arms, it comes down to finding or identifying players that have a, a high, high ceiling. And with that could come a low, low floor. I mean, we're talking about a guy like I, I like to think for us, right? Like we, neither of us, I mean, I, Drew, you weren't there. I, I mean, when Mahomes was coming out, right? And obviously weren't, if you were here, you weren't in a place within the organization that you were going to have any influence on the on the national rankings. And that's neither here nor there. But, you know, you look back and it's, here's a guy that threw for over 4,600 yards as a senior, 50 passing touchdowns. He, he ran for a little less than 1,000. And he had 15 touchdowns on the ground. Three-sport athlete. His dad played 11 years in the MLB, like we talked about earlier. He's touching 93 on the mound, right? I'm just thinking back to the guys that you and I have kind of been fascinated by, like a Dylan Rayola, right, who we talk about, multi-sport athlete. Dad played in the NFL for more than 10 years, touch over 90 miles per hour, right, on the, on the baseball diamond. Those type of guys, I think, stick out. A little more like a sore thumb in this process. So, you know, hey, Mahomes, Kansas City has another quarterback whose dad was big time in the MLB, Shane Bichelle. <laughs> there you go. So, you know, it is it is pretty interesting, and you know, we're going to talk about five or five or six more players. And for me, I wanted to look at our, the the commonalities with these guys in the process, and you know, the majority of these guys were were overlooked. And Mahomes, you know, you can say they were overlooked by the, the recruiting services, and that's completely fair. It's also fascinating to me, he only had three offers, you know, and at that, you just kind of, it's a little bit of a head scratcher. You know, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, he ends up going to the right situation in, in Lubbock. And, you know, the other part about this is like, I give the Kansas City Chiefs a lot of credit. You know, second quarterback off the board. What was he? Thirteen and thirteen and sixteen as a starter. Zero and six against ranked teams. It just kind of goes to show, like you know, you kind of got to zoom out a little bit, take a look at the talent, and kind of say, all right, how do, how does this guy really fit? Uh, because there's a lot there that kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit. Uh, but truly, truly, a generational talent and interesting to go back and kind of you know take a look under the hood and say all right like the the engine was here um there are a lot of parts to work with and obviously texas tech cliff kingsbury and andy reed and in kansas city uh with the chiefs have totally found a way to just maximize his potential which has been incredibly enjoyable for us as fans so drew any any last thoughts on on mahomes before we move on to the uh the other super bowl uh, appearing quarterback. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you're right. Uh, the Chiefs did trade up for him. Remember, they they traded with the Bills to go up to number ten. I remember when they did that. It was a uh, a bit of, not a, a head scratcher, but a, a shocker. I'll never forget watching the draft when that happened um, years ago. Living in a, living in my apartment downtown Fort Lauderdale, uh, but that plays into what I'm saying. I mean, sometimes you got to take a l- little bit of a risk if you want to maximize the most get the most out of your position so that's what stands out to me with with him and 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 patrick mahomes the new orleans saints and the number 11 pick that draft i'm wearing a saints hoodie right now the saints and sean payton as sean payton has said many times they were going to turn in the ticket for patrick mahomes there instead they got marshawn Lattimore and all pro corner nothing wrong with that but i mean you just never know right uh one one pick or one decision or one indecision can completely change the trajectory of your franchise. All right, Drew, the, the next guy, Jalen Hurts, born August 7th, 1998. We're getting deep in the weeds here from Houston, Texas. But you look at Jalen Hurts, man, what a, what a fun one. Channel View High School in Texas, another Texas quarterback and a guy. Um, 
I guess we can call him a multi-sport athlete. I mean, he was a power lifter in high school. I love that. Yeah, it kind of makes sense a little bit, right? But threw for over 2,300 yards as a senior, had 26 touchdown passes. The thing that really stands out when you go back and you watch Hurts at the high school level is just his instincts and his ability as a runner. Over just a shade under 1,400 yards and 25 touchdowns as a senior at Channel View. But, man, I mean, that part of his game always was super, super natural. And I feel like he has just developed as a passer since then. And, you know, you look at the background a little bit, and squatting 500 pounds as a sophomore. Then you see all these videos of him working out after games at Oklahoma right after he transferred and an incredible work ethic. And, um, you know, for him, I think it's a little bit of a blend of the right situation in the Philadelphia Eagles organization, believing in him and his ability and going out there and, and hiring a coach that believes in who Jalen Hurts is as a football player. And they have been rewarded for that. I mean, what an incredible season. And then the other thing is, is like, you know, I talked about the ability to like zoom out, right? I think it's in today's society, we get God, everything is just instantaneous and you have to have a instant reaction to everything. And I think about that and I think about Jalen Hurts' time at Alabama, you know, 13 and one in 2017. They make a playoff appearance as a four seed, you know, 20, 2018. It's to a tag of Iloa. And then he comes in and spot duty leads a comeback in that game. And you think about, all right, today's culture, how easy it is, you know, for for guys to say, you know what, hit the eject button and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to go find a new situation. Eventually transfers to Oklahoma and makes beautiful music with Lincoln Riley in his final year of eligibility in the 2019 season and shattered Oklahoma's single game yardage record uh, in his debut previously held by the former number one pick Baker Mayfield. Um, so you look at that and the one thing I take away from this is like, okay, he, he's made of the right DNA, right? He's a winner everywhere he's ever been. He's won uh, and he carries himself the right way. But you look at back at his career even in Alabama, I think Alabama was wise enough to know that they had something in him. I don't know if they ever expected him to be the guy that he developed into. Coach's son, I, I think that's an interesting nugget when you talk about Jalen Hurts, uh, what he did. also thought this was made me smile, Cooper, because as, as we have discussed, I think we've, we've, we've brought it up before, all the quarterback testing numbers we've seen recently, right, from those Elite 11 regionals. I went back and I found them went to the vault for Jalen Hurts, uh, and this would be the spring before his senior season there at Channel View. He was 6'2", 208, 485 in the 40-yard dash, 4'3 in the short shuttle with a 30.9-inch vertical jump. I thought the numbers would be a little bit better <laughs> based on what we've seen of, of him and his play style. Uh, I, I think what separates Jalen Hurts from others is, is, is what's between the ears. Um, you bring up the, the weightlifting stuff. I, I, I don't know. In, in modern team building and, and when he was in college, the, the quarterback movement and the roster movement isn't what it is now. And I know he left to go to Oklahoma, but I, I always have thought and subscribed to the theory that you see these videos of Jalen Hurts in the squat rack, you know, moving a ton of iron. I think a lot of people inside the facility respect a quarterback that's going to do that having been around teams and, and stuff like that like I think that is the x factor for Jalen Hurts and sure he can point to his ability to run the football um, his ability to make some some wow throws but I think what makes him who he is 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 how his teammates kind of gravitate towards him so that's what I've always liked about about Jalen Hurts he just leads with his work Right. I've always loved the way that he's handled himself. And I, it, honestly, I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, he, he doesn't get enough credit to me. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, schematically it's a right fit with Nick Suriani. And, yeah, all those things might be true, man. But th this was a guy that, like, if I remember correctly, you know, the Eagles took him 
second round, 53rd overall pick in 2020. And there's a lot of people questioning that pick. Fast forward a couple years, right? And it's a completely different conversation. We're talking about one of the most impactful players in the league and, and Jalen Hurts. And, you know, truly with the ability of what he can do on the ground as well. Um, and like I said, man, I love the way he handles his business. And I think he kind of really, gosh, he encompasses what that team, that organization, and because of what that organization means to that city, what it means to be a Philadelphia Eagle. Um, so credit to the Eagles, man, pulling the trigger on him. Cause I can tell you this, I had a lot of, I didn't see it with him coming out, you know, like I didn't, uh, just in terms of him being able to make it work at the next level as a passer. And I, I'll say this, man, like I, we had a, a project that we did at the university of Washington. I forget what draft class it was, but it was, it was Rosen, Darnold, Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, that class. Um, so I don't remember what specific year that was, but you know, I remember watching Lamar Jackson and just being like, man, what do you do with this guy, right? Is he going to be a consistent enough passer to win at the next level? And what I want to say about that is I have the same thoughts about Jalen Hurts. What you have to do is, like you said it, you have to give a lot of credit to the Philadelphia Eagles and the Baltimore Ravens for putting both of those elite level talents and maybe they have shortcomings in other areas in the best position to succeed. And they've done that. I'd love to see that, that more at the collegiate level, but like for those guys to go all in and, and shape a roster around uh, Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, I think says a lot about those organizations. All right, uh, Drew, any final thoughts on, on Jalen Hurts? No, but I think now an interesting uh, case study for us would be to, to look at some of the arms we have ranked in, in 2023 or 2024 and be like, hey, who are these guys that have extremely high ceilings that, that someone's clearly rolling the dice on? Well, you know, it was fascinating that you bring that up. When we we're talking about Hertz here, I kind of brought up like, all right, who who is – is there somebody similar, right, like in, in the 23 class that I'm – I'm missing and I'm I'm reaching here. I know I'm reaching. But the guy that I would say, ironically enough, is going to Oklahoma. You know, Jackson Arnold, you kind of look at the frame a little bit. Not the same type of runner. I think Arnold at the next level is going to be more of you have to respect it, but you don't have the game plan for it. And you kind of look at the frame. I mean, the way you the way Jackson Arnold plays, I man, he's tough. Tough as nails. You know, like this is not a guy that shies away from contact and i i love his game playing at a high level in the state of texas mentality wise i, I would say more of that would be the guy i gravitate to that's not a slam dunk by any means but if you were trying to you know fit a square peg in a round hole i think that's that's where i'd go oh i think just talking about upside 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 nico iamalieva would, would, could be placed in that category as well with the with the Mahomes, right? Yeah, for sure. It, it's going to be funny when it, you know the the time comes, like three to four years from now, and people are like doing the the deep dive. You know, I'm reading all these scouting reports. What I love about this is like Lance Erline, Charles Davis, Daniel Jeremiah. These guys all do a phenomenal job. But what's really cool is like seeing these guys kind of go over gloss over the same information that you had three or four years ago, and, and kind of seeing their eyes light up about it too. You know, so always fun. We're going to take a quick break. Keep it locked to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. 
Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Our next, our next two. Should we go to the Kelsey brothers or should we go to the the other outliers here? Which way you want to go? Let's go. I'm going to go the other way. I don't know if any of these guys are really outliers, but <laughs> well, not outliers. You know what I mean? Outliers in terms of our rundown. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go. Uh, let's go back to back Philly special here. And let's go with our guy, um, Hassan Reddick. And this guy, just reading up on him again, I kind of remember 2017 NFL draft class. Man, he just kind of came out of nowhere. You know, from Temple, you look back on his background, you know, uh, originally from Haddon Heights, New Jersey. Lance, I believe that's how we uh, pronunciate it. Um, Unranked, you know, goes to Temple. Gets off to a rocky start there. And then Matt Rule and, and company come over. And this is a guy that they just had to find a spot for and was really difficult to to keep off the field. And you look back and you're like, all right, how do you have a top 15 draft pick unrated? And it really kind of starts with his junior year. I think he missed the majority of his junior year with injury and he missed most of his senior year with injuries. So there was a guy that really didn't have a lot of exposure um, out of high school. Ends up going to Temple. Yeah, breaks on. yeah breaks breaks his femur uh, four games into his junior season and then injured his knee, missed most of his senior season, and rolls at Temple as a walk-on. Uh, redshirted his freshman year. They have the coaching change. Uh, and then Matt Rule and defensive back coach Fran Brown at the time. Uh, those were the two guys kind of credited with, you know, his revival uh, in his career and then played eight games as a linebacker as a redshirt freshman, moved to pass rusher. And then over the next three years of his career, he had 16 and a half sacks, 43 tackles for loss and and kind of showed up on the scene and was considered a, a top 100 pick and man showed up to mobile at the senior bowl and by the time he was done and in parallel with uh, an elite performance at the nfl scouting combine ends up being a top 15 pick hey funny how that works right you have a good couple months in in postseason events and all of a sudden your your stock shoots up right so um you know, going back, kind of reading the scouting report on him, they just said in Mobile that this was a guy that they loved his versatility. You could play him at the second level. You could drop him off ball. He felt comfortable in coverage, and they loved his pass rushing upside. He was a little bit of a tweener, but he could he could do everything for you. I uh, love the word tweener. Uh, I think the big takeaway here for me is, you know, we get hammered all the time. Oh, there's – unranked guys in the Super Bowl. There's these two stars in the Super Bowl. It's like, all right, man, like how how was anyone supposed to rank Hassan Reddick injured, walk on, didn't even play edge. He was a running back safety in in high school. It red shirts, doesn't really play much his first couple of years on campus. I think he's just an example of a, a late bloomer, a guy that had some setbacks but but maintained course. And uh it's 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 notable some of the names that have come up in this uh, conversation with him. Fran Brown, he's obviously now the defensive backs coach at at Georgia, um, has had won some major recruiting battles here down the stretch. Matt Rule, you know, I think a lot of Nebraska fans there in uh, Linkton or, or Trade City, whatever you want to call it, they're like, hey, you know, not not super high on some of the takes for the, the Big Red ever since Matt Rule showed up. But I think Hassan Reddick is an example of a guy that, you know, can go someplace and be developed. So I think if you're a Nebraska supporter, and that's just, that's a reason to remain optimistic about the future. I think the other thing that, you know, we should hit on and we haven't talked about with the quarterbacks, but I think it's going to be the theme with the next couple of guys we talk about is like the position versatility and the projection, right? The more you can do, we always talk about that, the more boxes you can check. And you talk about Hassan Reddick playing running back. Right. But that indicator of athleticism there, not only being a guy that that plays both ways, but you kind of see it in the versatility in his game on the defensive side of the ball and being able to rush off the edge and then having a skill set that can be developed. And 
ascertained as 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 a guy that's very comfortable in space. So, I mean, that's that's one I like. You know, we look at it in the beginning of the show, and that's kind of the point that I'm trying to get across. Like, you know, immediately who I think of is like Yonze Pierre. Not a, not as the same player, but more as like the trajectory of the player, right? Like you just you, you know he's got something to him, but you just you you want to see you want to see a little bit more, and then you see him elite on elite, not only in Mobile at the Alabama and Mississippi All Star Game, but you see him in in San Antonio at the All American Bowl. And by the time you leave, I mean he's answered he's answered every question for you, and you feel comfortable putting a guy like that in the top thirty two. Where before. We had him as 91, right? So people people always ask, like, how does a guy improve his stock that much within a couple of weeks? And which is crazy. You don't see it as much at, at the NFL level because of the access to information. But a guy like Hassan Reddick is is kind of a little bit of an anomaly. And it just goes to show that there's still evidence of that happening at the highest level. Tweeners are in, man. Tweeners are in. You just got to know how to utilize them. And I'll say this, right? Who Reddick got drafted by the Cardinals, right? And then I think ended up with Carolina before yes. he ended up in Philly. And he was under rule at Carolina, correct? Yeah. That's, I think, the reason why he went there. And now we've seen this kind of like he's revitalized his career in, in Philadelphia. I mean, he's been a huge, huge piece for them. And it's so important with those guys, man, like in terms of finding the right fit and finding an organization or a program that's going to put you in the best position to succeed and maximize your potential. And and that's obviously what's happened with Hassan Reddick in in Philadelphia. All right, Drew, I mean, tell you what, a couple guys from New Jersey here, Lance Glenn, our producer, he's got to be pretty fired up about this. The next one, Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round pick, the number 200 and I want to say 51st pick in the NFL draft this past year, seventh rounder. There's 262 picks in the NFL draft, so that just goes to show every every single one of them valuable. Brock Purdy, right, has has definitely showcased that, uh, but played his football at Vineland South in New Jersey, played quarterback, running back, defensive back for the Fighting Clan, guided his team to an 8-2 and two record as a senior, and this is a guy in Isaiah Pacheco, 24-7 sports had rated as the number 22 running back in the country, 88 overall in terms of his rating. And uh, all things considered, Drew, I think that was on par, right? Just just outside a, a priority, undrafted free agent there. And you go back and you look at Pacheco's senior tape and you're like, man, this guy's a physical north-south runner. Really, really good contact balance and production after contact. But it doesn't like it, it doesn't fire you up. You know, you keep watching a little bit and you see the top end speed, you see him in space a little bit. The one thing I took away from it, and it's like, you know, I continue to bring this up, but our visit with, you know, Senior Bowl director Jim Nagy and Mobile, the, the two aspects of the running back position that, he feels are the most valuable in the evaluation process are vision and burst, vision and burst. And what I I took from Isaiah Pacheco was he was incredibly decisive and he could get north south in a hurry. And listen, like those are traits that you can win with. And, you know, I think the one thing we keep talking about with Philadelphia and Kansas city is that both of these teams have a vision for their players. And I think that's really important. But, you know, you look at Pacheco a little bit, and I think he kind of fits what they want to do. And he's been a – man, he's been a revelation for them this year. I mean, even kind of forcing former first-round draft pick Clyde Ed- edwards Lair is kind of an afterthought, right? Um, Jarek McKinnon has, has become the change of pace back, and it's kind of become Pacheco's show here down the stretch. Brian Doan, our, our guy up in the Northeast, he was on the college football recruiting show Tuesday. He talked about Pacheco. The thing with him was you didn't know where he would play, not only on Saturdays, but also Sundays, because he was a high school quarterback coming out of uh, of the Garden State. Uh, talented kid, two-way player, but you didn't really – it was hard to project where his, his home was going to be 
on the offensive side of the ball. Was it going to be as a slot receiver? Was it going to be as running back? Turns out it, it, it's running back. And what what has my mind churning here, and 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 something that I find extremely interesting about this Super Bowl, when you look at it through the the lens of a talent evaluator uh, on Kansas City's offensive two deep. I got to I got to count them up here. Um, but I think it's six different players. I'm sorry, seven, no, six or seven different players on the Kansas City offense, skill players, were high school quarterbacks, like prolific high school quarterbacks. Pacheco's one of them. Sky Moore, the, the rookie wide receiver. Uh, Kadarius Tony, he was like 20 and three when he was a, a starting quarterback there in Alabama. Pacheco, like I said, took snaps under center. Jarek McKinnon was another high school quarterback, played quarterback uh, in a triple option at, at Georgia Southern. And then all three of the tight ends, Kelsey, Noah Gray, Blake Bell, all were high school quarterbacks. And I, I find that super interesting. Um, I've read some theories out there that Andy Reid likes to do a lot of pre-snap motion and, and move guys around, very complex schemes. And if you had to have called plays or, or broke down film at some point in the past, it makes it a little bit easier but certainly notable there. Um, and, and with Pacheco, the other thing Brian Doan said is he was a guy that always practiced the hardest. And when he talked to Greg Shiana, who showed up in, in Piscataway, um, that's what they thought was, was what made uh, Pacheco a little bit different and how he's found a, a role in the league. That's evident by the way he runs, man. I mean, he is a hammer, you know, and he, he can, he can deliver a blow. Um you know what's funny, Drew? You brought that up. That's a really fascinating stat about these guys and their quarterback backgrounds. But I mean, it made me, it prompted me to go to uh, our rankings here uh, at the athlete position in 2023. And, you know, I'm looking at, let's say, let's take a look at the top 10 names, right? Jelani McDonald at number two, background at quarterback. Cameron Selden at number three, background at quarterback. Kenyon Sadiq, I might be off here, wildcat package. Micah T is a guy, three-phase player. Not sure if he played a little bit of quarterback. Dalton Brooks, Wildcat quarterback. Brandon Hillman, quarterback. Creed Whitmore, quarterback. Bakari Swain, th three-phase player. Mikhail Harrison Pilot, quarterback. So what is that, 60%? Just about. I mean, that's pretty crazy, right? And the guy, that I, keep, the guy that I keep thinking about here is Brandon Hillman. I know. That's my I, guy. He just, keeps, he just keeps popping into my head. I'm like... You know, because there's not a clean projection for him, right? He played quarterback. He tested really well. He's got a ton of production. And you're like, I just don't – I don't know what this guy's going to be, but I know he's going to be something. You know? I'll, I'll add, I'll add. I think, three of Kansas City's defenders were also high school quarterbacks or, or took some type of wildcat package thing. Love to see it. I wonder, I mean, I feel like this is a rhetorical question, but you, you wonder from like a football intelligence standpoint, how much does that help? I think it's huge. You know, even playing defense, just being able to process the game quickly and anticipate. Fascinating stuff. All right, Drew, our next, uh, our next two, the Kelsey brothers, right? What a story, man. That's awesome. And I, I love reading up on these guys. Let's start with, uh, Travis Kelsey, the younger brother, I believe, right, of the two uh, between Travis and, and Jason Kelsey, but a guy that played his ball at Cleveland Heights High School in Ohio, football, basketball, baseball. As a senior, Kelsey threw for more than 1,500 yards, 21 touchdowns, added another 1,000 on the ground, 10 scores. I mean, it's pretty crazy looking at these guys and their, and their, and their background, multi-sport, not only that, but what they did on the football field as well played quarterback and, and tight end um, at Cincinnati as well, more of a wildcat quarterback there. But uh, 59 receptions, 875 yards, 10 receiving touchdowns uh, with the Bearcats, was named first team all Big East in 2012 and uh, winner of the College Football Performance Awards, tight end of the year. And then 63rd overall pick in the 23rd 13 NFL draft. Drew, you know where my mind's going. You know who we had ranked at number sixty-three for a while. Lawson Lucky did a lot. Of, did yeah. a lot of those same things, right? Um, and now I think 
without a doubt, the best tight end in the NFL, right? Travis Kelsey uh, and what he's done there. But, man, it, to me, the one thing when you think about Travis Kelsey is just the versatility. Can do everything and is so sudden, has soft hands, the run-after catch ability, and then just the feel for the game at the position, knows how to find the soft spots in the defense. And, like, man, if you want to call him this, I mean, what a safety valve for Pat Mahomes. Right. Like, hey, when things get a little bit tight, just look for 87. Yeah. Didn't you say before we hit, you, you try to find some old footage of him? It wasn't, it was not. I couldn't, the, I couldn't find any high school, yeah, pre huddle school tape on him. Pre huddle, right. pre huddle. He's a 19, yeah, born in 1989. So, yeah, I think that's, that's pre huddle days there. Yeah. No, I think uh, just the quarterback. That quarterback stuff, you know, that that's a common kind of transition going from QB to t tight end. And uh, I believe when he started off at Cincinnati, they were giving him a, a bunch of wildcat looks and then he ended up getting suspended. Uh, but one of the big reasons why he went to play for the Bearcats is because his his brother Jason was starting at left guard for them, you know, just kind of following following big bro there. Um you know that that's what that's what stands out. It, it's it was it was kind of really like hard to like find old information on on Kelsey as opposed to some of these other guys. Yeah, it, let's see, twenty thirteen draft, two thousand eight um, class. No rating by twenty four seven sports composite rating just under an eighty. Yeah, so it was a guy number the highest grade was ESPN. They had him as the number seventy one tight end. So there, there wasn't a lot on him. Fast forward, man. I mean, six time All Pro selection, pretty crazy. He doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon either. But you know, you look you look at the multi sport athlete, right? And then you look at the athlete on the field and combination of his size, being able to do the things that he does, kind of makes him unique. His brother, on the other end, another guy, unranked player. Um, you know, out of Ohio, and man, he's just one of those guys I really enjoy watching. But um, older brother of the two played running back and linebacker at Cleveland Heights High School, then gets to Cincinnati. He's a fullback, uh, and then translates, or excuse me, then transitions to offensive line after redshirting his first year, and then played a lot of his his time at Cincinnati at left guard, and then started. 12 games at, at center and then just kind of, man, the rest is, the rest is history a little bit, but even with Kelsey, like if you want to call him undersized or any of that, you kind of see like what makes this guy who he is, his ability to get to the second level, get in space, understands leverage, a complete technician. Um, and the guy you kind of look at, look at his background a little bit as a fullback and you're like, all right, kind of makes sense. You know, the athlete, um, but gosh, man, what a, what a heck of a player that he's really developed into at the next level. And what a staple of the, the Eagles organization. The one thing that jumped out to me about Jason is, is like stuff from the scouting combine, which was, uh, in 2011, four, one, four in the short shuttle. A lot of skilled players would probably take that time. And then you got a seven, two, two in that three cone drill, uh, a lot of skilled players would probably take that time as well. Right. So. He can move, man. Uh, the other thing about him, he also appeared in a uh, Super Bowl-themed episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Charlie's <laughs> Home Alone is the name of the episode. That's how you know that you're beloved in Philly right there when you're on an episode of Always uh, Sunny. God, what a great show. What a great show. One-year contract. I didn't know he was on a one-year contract. I mean, he's got to be getting close. I mean – this could be it for him, man. They win the Super Bowl. He's out of there. One year, fourteen million dollar deal, which he signed uh, before the season. You know, he also played hockey in high school. I didn't realize that. Travis played basketball. He played a hockey. So, if you're looking for the multi-sport athletic evidence, there it is again, right? Big, physical, nimble player at his size. I mean, being able to play hockey like that. All right, Drew, so those were the six we had highlighted. I know you did a little bit of a deep dive on Kansas City. Any other guys that you want to kind of touch on before we wrap this up? Yeah, I know we're I know we're going long in the two-minute drill. Um, 
I did see some of these kids or scouted them when they were in high school. And I shouldn't even say kids. I mean, these guys are playing for, for a, a Super Bowl. Uh, but the, the one that jumps up to me, George Karloftis, former 24-7 sports five-star. I uh, got to tip the cap here to my, my, my former boss, Barton Simmons, who's now the general manager for Vanderbilt. He was a guy they, they rolled the dice on, had him inside the 32. Um, and we always talk about multi-sport backgrounds and how unique that is. George was a two-time state champ in the shot put, um, grew up in Greece. That's where his father was from, was a member of the, the Greek national water polo team. Um, just a super unique individual. You know, he's part of that rotation for the Chiefs. Nice little hit for uh, 24-7 sports there. And he went on to go to Purdue and was selected in the NFL draft. So so he was an interesting one um, to come across and, and re- relive that. Another one that had me laughing is uh, Darian Kennard, or the offensive lineman out of Kentucky. I was kind of going through some bios and Kennard um, – Says he's related to Dolly Parton. That was just the random nugget in there. Has nothing to do with scouting, but um, I was getting quite the the laugh out of that. Is he uh, starting? I don't. Now you put me on the spot. I I, I don't know the, the. He was a big boy though. He got drafted this past year, right? Yeah. Okay. Correct. Correct. He was kind of an interesting eval coming out, coming out of Ohio, I believe. I mean, he was a big body that I feel like he had to melt down, but he was a good athlete, and then he just kind of. He kept that trajectory. What did he get drafted? Fourth round, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, that's the other thing, too. When you look at the Kansas City's offensive line, they have some, like, big, big dudes on there. Like, And, and obviously, you're going to be much bigger now in the NFL, but a, a lot of types where it's like, all right, you're going to have to slim these individuals down a little bit. All right, Drew. Before we wrap up here, I, I would say, like, for us – always like these exercises because they kind of they kind of force us to go back in time and say like man like this guy did all of these things how do we miss on that and i know you know technically you and i weren't involved with all of these recruitments out outside of maybe isaiah pacheco but you know what would um you take anything away from this i mean i know we only kind of dove in on on six players but commonalities between the players maybe the quarterback position the multi-sport background the competitive nature of all these guys i feel like for me i'll just get started here the majority of all these guys play multiple sports and are really good athletes and it reminds me that hey we're really talking about like a very small percentage of players to me it becomes harder and harder to really kind of differentiate these guys in the process because they all do so many things a lot of these guys are not only multi-sport athletes but they play three sports right you consider track and field the majority of guys are are participating in track and field and then they have some combination of basketball baseball wrestling whatever it is it becomes a little bit harder because the accolades are all stacking up and then you look back and you're like wow, this guy was like, you know, like Charles Jagasaw, this guy was like 45 and 0 on the mat as a junior, right? <laughs> like it's, and he's got that combination of size and athleticism. I feel like sometimes we just get a little numb to it. I guess that's what I'm trying to say, you know, because a lot of the guys that we're kind of banking on and, and projecting up the board, they're all, the traits are there, right? Like there's, there's no lack of evidence uh, when it comes to that conversation. I felt like most of the guys I digged in, dug in on, I was like, all right, like this makes sense. You know, for like, sure. There, there's some type of indicator there where you're, you, you can project towards that. You know what I would wonder? And um, we might just be able to do this on the, on the spot here, but is there a player that we had ranked in the top 32 this past year that wasn't a multi-sport athlete? And I could probably go through right now and, I think the one Vic Burley. I'm assuming he plays basketball. So, yeah, I'm going through right now. I mean, all all of these guys, Jackson Arnold potentially. Yeah, I don't remember that one, but you know, just something to think about. Quarterbacks. I mean, I'm, if I'm, if actually, there is going to be a position, it's quarterback position is definitely going to be a specialty position. Vic Burley, 
fourth at states in the discus as a sophomore. So. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> I would say that we're probably no more than two or three at most, right? Yeah. That did not participate in, in multiple sports. Um, hey, last thing before we wrap this up, uh, college with most players in the Super Bowl, guess. On active rosters. On active rosters. I'm going to go LSU. No, LSU has one. <laughs> Oklahoma has six. <laughs> Is it Oklahoma? Yeah, they have six. I don't know why I thought that. I mean, it. Yeah, I don't know why I thought that. Louisiana Tech with three. How about that? Boston Scott. Man, who are the two others? Various need. Mm-hmm. Producer Lance chiming in. Rutgers has two. How about, all right, conference with the most players in, on Super Bowl rosters? Big 12? No, the SEC with 21. <laughs> Big 12 with 11. I mean, you're throwing me for a loop with the Oklahoma oh, stuff, hey, so. here's Here you go, man. It, this is your trivia for Super Bowl Sunday, right? You're going to be watching the Waste Management Open with your buddies. I just gave you some ammo right there. I love that. For, for all listeners. Hey, by the way. Who are we taking this weekend? Waste management open. I just saw something that like no one outside of the top twenty odds has ever won. Really? Yeah, there's never been like a long shot. Is uh I gotta see if Ricky Fowler's gonna be there this weekend. New swing and all. I'm a big Tony Finau guy. Dustin Johnson, I'm working on the Bode lead wrist right now. I'm in the lab, dude. <laughs> I'm in the lab and nothing seems to be working, but I gotta get it right. All right, Drew. Hey, we got a we got a big interview tomorrow, huh? Big one, big, big one, big guest. Fired up for it. I'm not going to name any names. You're going to have to wait for that. But guys, we appreciate you joining the 24/7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. And as always, and it would be greatly appreciated. Make sure you leave a rating in a review. And guys, we appreciate you listening. Any feedback would be greatly appreciated. And for our director of scouting, Andrew Ivins, our producer Lance Flynn. I'm Cooper Pitagna. We will see you tomorrow. Thanks for, thanks for being here. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. When I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. It's far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.